Hey everyone, Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! Welcome, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between. You have stumbled into a new edition of And the Podcast Will Rock. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Meyer, uh, coming to you live with the sickness, but I am okay. With me, as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, you're not down with the sickness, are you? Not anymore. No, I, I went through my bout about a month ago. I'm sorry to hear that uh, you and, and your lady are, are down with COVID right now, but you look good. You sound great. Got a few days off work, so uh, might be turning a little mini vacation for you. I mean, it kind of is, and the the irony of that is, I already have vacation spots for this month already lined up. So the goal <laughs> the goal is to at least uh, be better in the uh, quarantine time that I have with my sick days, uh, and then uh, just immediately go right into vacation. So we'll just we'll just call August Mark's vacation month, but. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm good. Uh, uh, the lady got through her first bout where it was really kicking her ass, uh, but she's good now. Um, we're just, uh, but we're still testing positive, so you know what can we do? But stay inside and you know get a good day drunk on early in the day while people are at work because what else are we going to do? So that is how it's going over here. And while we're doing that, we are just listening to some kick ass tunes. Uh, n- including but not limited to Van Halen. Let me just go ahead and say that. Um, Corey, here's something. What are you listening to these days besides Van Halen? Uh, you know what? Uh, listening to a lot of things. I, I just got uh, the Georgia Satellites live album on vinyl, so I've been listening to a lot of that. And in preparation for tonight, Mark, listening to a lot of Tom Petty, and in particular, uh-huh. a, a certain Tom Petty podcast that's very near and dear to my heart. Well, there you go. The uh, Tom Petty uh, there's never a bad time to listen to Tom Petty. Often I feel like, especially during the summertime, if you want something to listen to, to just sort of chill out, have a few drinks with some friends, listen to Tom Petty. If you feel like raging in a way, you can listen to Tom Petty. He still has some songs for, you know, for that specific purpose. And uh, kind of like our podcast, where you would think so many people would be talking about Van Halen. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of people talking about Van uh, uh, talking about Tom Petty in podcast form, which is kind of a, which is kind of a strange. However, that has been rectified because our guest tonight is the host of the Tom Petty Project podcast. We have with us Kevin Brown. Kevin, thank you for joining us for tonight's episode. Well, thanks so much for having me on, guys. Yeah, this is an absolute thrill. It's always nice when you get to guest on a podcast that you genuinely love and listen to. And I'm always, I'm a sort of a day of release. That's one of my things that I have to listen to is, and the podcast will rock. And I love it. So thank you very much for doing what you're doing too. It's it's great to have a, a couple of guys go through uh, Van Halen's catalog. And especially without sort of, you know, the Rick Beato snobby kind of ear. I, I like the sort of the, the fan take on it. I really appreciate you guys doing that. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. It's very nice that uh, uh, not everybody hates us. I know a lot of the diehard Van Halen folks, a uh, little mad at Mark nice. and I, because yeah, we don't do our research <laughs> so well, and we actually spin a wheel 
to determine the song. We don't get to research it, you know, six days before we record or anything. We're actually flying off the top of our heads. So we've been very lucky. We've had a lot of very knowledgeable guests on the show. And the one thing you you notice when you're listening to Kevin's show, dude fucking knows his stuff, like musically, historically, uh, everything about Tom Petty. Like I, I read a lot of Tom Petty books. Uh, one of my favorite music docs is uh, uh, Peter Bogdanovich's uh, great documentary for our doc on, on Tom Petty. I'm, I'm still learning stuff every single week when I'm listening to your show. So uh, count me among the, the, the biggest fans uh, of the Tom Petty project. And that's why I really wanted you to kick off All-Star August here on end the podcast will rock because i know you're going to knock this one out of the park too buddy no pressure there then hey thank you nope none <laughs> at all yeah and i would say just quickly too for and thank you again thank you to you guys not just for having me on but for really sort of reigniting my love of van halen um i it was a huge band for me growing up and i'll maybe get into that but i kind of drifted away from them um when the whole michael anthony stuff and chicken foot when that all went down and i kind of thought that that was shitty the way that mike got treated and you know sammy going that's fine because they're singers are singers and they'd already had this change of singers so you can sort of forgive that a little bit more but i was really kind of mad that they treated michael like that because he's such a not just such a great bass player musician but such a cool guy you know and yeah. to sort of try and I, in my perception was that well fuck those guys you know anyways <laughs> then sort of stayed away for a long while then found out you know about eddie's cancer coming back and sort of started listening again a little bit found your podcast through the deep dive network and started listening again it's like man you know i'd kind of forgotten how much i love van halen and I really, you know, and going back in and listen to songs that I knew, like the back of my hand, or listen to stuff that I hadn't listened to before, like um, a different kind of truth. I didn't even know that had been released. I'll be perfectly honest with you until listening to your podcast and getting to that album. I'm like, oh shit, man, that's a good album. So thank you so much for um, reigniting a passion. So, uh, absolutely our pleasure, yeah. and it's actually reigniting our passion in Van Halen too, because uh, Mark and I were in a very similar boat when we started this show. And we rediscovered things like A Different Kind of Truth, which is low-key one of their best records. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but, Kevin, i got to ask you about this, because you sent this to me last night. I don't think Mark's ever seen this. He's looking at it for the first time. It's this little spreadsheet you did up here uh, with some certain stats uh, about our show. Maybe tell us about that. Oh, I just, I'm just a horrendous nerd with too much time. So, basically, what I wanted to see was I wanted to know what the chances were of getting a song that I would, you know, off an album that I love, because I really wanted something off either F-U-C-K, 5150, um, those have been my, my two sort of top picks on 1984 to push. So I thought, well, what are the chances? How many songs have you done off each album? So I ran it down, and obviously you don't include the instrumental because you always pair those onto another song. So I just wanted to kind of see where all those stats were at, and it's looking pretty good. Like, you've covered half of Van Halen 3, so statistically it's less likely that we're going to get a Van Halen 3 song. Uh, different oh. kind of truth just because there's so many songs, there's more chance of getting one of those. Um, so, yeah, so I'm pretty confident that we might get something good. I would love <laughs> to get something. Don't jinx us. Don't jinx us <laughs> with the Van Halen hey. thing. I mean, this wheel yeah. is out to get us. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. We did have that one episode. Eric Sedich came out here, and he called a shot, and he got it. That, I'm is, thinking true. Kevin, that is true. Kevin's done the research. He's put in the work, my friend. Uh, take a look at this document. It's pretty impressive. Uh, if he's saying we're getting a For Unlawful song, I am not mad at it. I would love to hear me some Pound Cake or Run Around or Top of the World or The Dream is or, Over. All would be fantastic. Or, or maybe a... Maybe a couple of the other songs that aren't so good. <laughs> As I say, I want I want it remembered now that it's recorded. Like I want it remembered that Corey said he would not mind a song from <laughs> For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. And when it spins one that he absolutely doesn't want to talk about, we'll revisit this statement. You know what? I tell you what, if it's spanked or pleasure dome, I'll just put my headphones down and I'll walk away and you guys could just handle the show <laughs> without know. me. When when Corey goes silent, that's when you'll know. Yep. 
you'll know my vote too. I'll I'll put it pre-programmed <laughs> it for you. <laughs> Here it is, but uh but uh uh Kevin, you being our first guest though, you can confirm, let me just get it out of the way now. You can confirm that the uh infamous wheel is a real wheel. It's right there in front of us. Uh we spin it every time, every time we do a show. We never know. We never know what track we're going to do ahead of time. We just spin the wheel, and whatever the wheel uh, wants to give us, that's the one we discuss. So just to let the listeners know, the wheel is real. Yes? If there are any skeptics out there still, and surely to God there can't be, it is real. Like, I'm looking at it right now. It's a beautiful red, black, and, and white wheel with all the songs on and the albums. Um, so, yeah, it's it's totally real, dude. I thought that we would uh, put the naysayers to rest when we started tweeting the wheel out, but even <laughs> tweeting the wheel out just did nothing. It, it, people were just like, this is just fake. You guys rigged this. Like, yeah. why? Why would I, we I rig even, it? I, I even stopped tweeting the wheel out just for that reason. It was just too much yeah, exactly. work. Exactly. Don't hate me anyway. But I mean, uh, but speaking of tweets, uh, you know how we got how we roll every week. We put out our uh, I like to call it our rock and poll, which is uh, we we take a poll and we ask you, the listener, of what you think of the song that we cover each week is. Uh, so uh, last week's song was Top Jimmy, and uh, Corey, you want to go into the uh, the polls and the comments on Top Jimmy? Absolutely, uh, out of seventy four votes. Uh, and there's still actually 14 hours left in the poll. We're recording oh. this a day early than we normally do. But currently, as we're recording this, 91.9%, what dreams are made of for Top Jimmy, only 8.1%, this dream is over. And actually, when they get into the comments, there's one that's pretty emphatically against this song. So looking forward to reading that one for you. But oh, let's yeah. start <laughs> with uh, Airhead3, who always comments every single week. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah. They say, great song, super tight three minutes with no filler. Top Jimmy swings. Fucking right he does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next up, we got our good buddies from the Sean Geek and Fast Rap podcast. And they say, uh, this was an early favorite of mine when I first heard this album. And I always wondered whether this could have been a single reaching into other charts on Billboard. Nice story being told by Dave on this one. I agree. I always like it when it's not just about fucking in Dave lyrics. He's actually telling a story. Uh, and th mm -hmm. this is a great example. Uh, he and here's the, uh, uh, the negative vote. Jonathan Todd says, sorry, but I hate this song. It's the song that keeps 1984 from my perfect album playlist. The O Jimmy at the end was just so not cool. Van Halen is the epitome of cool, except here. Thoughts, Mark? Wow. I, well, Jonathan, I respect your opinion, and I, I understand your reasoning, but at the same time, how do you... I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Like this, this was an absolutely cool Van Halen song, at least I thought so. <laughs> Uh, Corey seemed to think so. Uh, so I, yep, yeah, I don't, I don't get it, man. I'm, but uh, kudos to your your opinion, I guess. How about you, Kevin? Are you on uh, Jonathan's side, or did you agree with us on that one? I like Top Jimmy. Like I said, I mean, I, I always oh. sort of liked it as a as a middling sort of song. But learning that backstory about it being about a real guy, I just thought it was Dave sort of conjuring some sort of phantom thing out of the air. But finding out it's a real person and was a cool person, I just yeah, it takes it to a different level for me. Love it. It was a great song. Awesome. All right, uh, Steve Harold says, as of this moment, 6% of your followers are fools. End up being 8% <laughs> of the followers are fools, but I agree with you. Uh, Tom, uh, I'm Bruster. I always say that wrong. Uh, my apologies, Tom. But he says, for the record, uh, with the Ripley guitar, we talked about that Ripley stereo guitar. If you listen to the intro with the headphones on, the notes ping pong back and forth because of the panning feature. So that's kind of cool. Uh, next cool. up. That's very cool. Yeah. Next up, uh, Scott says, the perfect album, as the lyrics say, this song cooks and swings. There you have it. That sums it up pretty well. 
uh, Gene Hickey says, one of my faves, not just from this album either. There you go. So one of his all-time Van Halen faves was uh, Top nice. Genie. Uh, Brian from Ottawa says, love this song. Seems to me a song that Dave brought to the band or he just spit out whatever he felt from Eddie's guitar. Uh, I mean, you know, that, that tracks. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. It comes from uh, way back in their history. Uh, you know, Top Jimmy and his tacos. So uh, they, they had this one in the hopper for a bit. Uh, even John Mariano says, uh, you know, the uh, the vocal minority are wrong on this one. He voted uh, what dreams are made of on Top Jimmy. So, you know, hell's frozen over because John is voting with the masses. <laughs> it, what's happening is now he no longer has control over his own cult. The, everyone's just <laughs> running amok. It's anarchy. It's complete anarchy. Absolutely. Uh, Maiden A to Z, of course, our friends uh, from the Deep Dive Podcasting Network here. They Ooh. say definitely a bag full of prime quality dream dust. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Lucas says he's the king. Damn right he is. Uh, Greg Zito. Interesting that this was the only 1984 song never played live. By the way, I'm enjoying the fun facts like the one above that you guys are incorporating into the show. So thank you very much, Greg. And whenever yeah. we know or can find those fun facts, we'll absolutely send them your way. We, yeah, we have to uh, reiterate, though, we are not rock historians, unfortunately, for a lot of the listeners who believe that or are under the assumption that we are. We're not. We're just, uh, you know, we're just humble fans who like this particular band's music and we want to talk about it. So here we are. But you know, there is a rock historian coming on the show and maybe we'll talk more about that at the end uh, after Intense. we uh, play the song. Oh. Yeah. Stay Little tuned. <laughs> more to come. Yeah. Uh, our good friend Old Handsaw, who's listed as Grumpier Old Handsaw on Twitter, says, Top Jimmy Cooks and Swings, real original. But yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Baron Von Grimm <laughs> says he is the king. Yeah, so the majority of people loving Top Jimmy uh, uh, only 8% of voting the dream is over on this one. Mark, are we going to get that lucky today? Are we going to roll another 90% uh, Van Halen classic here? Ah, uh, well, I would have said, uh, I don't know. I, I would have said that the odds were very good that we we're going to roll something that we absolutely want to hear because there's still so many of the big top tier hits we have not covered. However, Unfortunately, uh, with uh, the the spreadsheet and the statistics that our, our good new buddy Kevin brought with us, I'm afraid we might have jinxed ourselves, and I think the wheel is going to take great offense to that. Uh, I hope not. I hope not, but uh, we'll we'll see. I would love to hear. I would love to hear something from uh, For Unlawful. Um, of course, I would love to hear the songs that I'm trying to manifest themselves that I've been waiting ever since we started doing this show to do. Uh, but yeah, I would not be mad about uh, Foreign Lawful, something from that album. What say you, Corey? Oh, absolutely, 100%. Uh, I'm down for some Foreign Lawful. Or, uh, like uh, Kevin said, 5150 as well. There's another one. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we haven't taken a lot off, but my favorite track on that album, we've already done uh, The Best of Both Worlds, but there's still tons yeah. of great shit on 5150. Uh, but again, I'm going to throw my, I'm going to try and manifest humans being. I don't know. I'm, yes. I'm in a twister mood. Uh, you know, Twister's playing on cable here in Canada all the time. <laughs> so it, 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 I want to talk evil weatherman. I want to talk twister. So uh, hopefully we spend that tonight. Uh, Kevin, you mentioned those two albums of uh, 5150 and uh, foreign lawful. Is there any particular track off either of those that you'd be looking forward to tonight? Yeah, for sure. When you gave me the nod that I was going to be on, I, I sort of narrowed it down to three that I thought I might want to manifest because I've got to channel all my energy into one. But so it was somebody get me a doctor was the first one pound cake because i know that you guys definitely want to cover it and it's definitely one of my top five and then my favorite but i have to go with my favorite van halen song 5150 so the nice. title track i just adore that song and it's so fucking cool and i have a lot to say about it so i'm everything's crossed everything's crossable is crossed anyway, if we <laughs> spin pound cake we got to watch the video oh yeah absolutely we do 
All right. And one thing I forgot to ask you guys off the air, I'm going to ask it now, but I've prepared a round of best of both books. If you guys are up Aha, for it after the show, right, yeah. I, I picked some All better right. quotes. I made it a little bit tougher. So I want to pitch you guys against each other in best of both books. What do you say? You guys in? Absolutely. I am totally in for that. Awesome. All right. What do you say, guys? Without further ado, can we spin this fucker right. and see what we get? We are primed. We are ready. And now we just await the voice of Sammy to take us away. Sammy. Here we go. All right. Oh, this could be a good one. It's not from 5150. It was almost 5150, but it's finish what you started from OU812. I am not upset. Kevin, the next slot up was 5150. Look at that. Look how close that was. That's amazing. I don't have that, though. I'm not mad at this one, though. Finish what you started. Uh, One of the big tracks from OU812. Mark, I know you got thoughts on this one. This uh, this is absolutely one of my uh, favorite top tier uh van halen tracks and is it because it is a uh, a sammy tune probably but it's also just a good song there i i defy anyone to throw this on your uh your playlist your uh you know you're you're spinning your record whatever this song comes on you just try your hardest not to vibe to this song okay like i'm a little kid and i'm listening to this and, and i'm vibing you know, that should tell you everything you need to know about where my future was going to lead me. But this is just, it's just a good vibe song. And, uh, you know, Van Halen is all about the party rock. You know, they, uh, maybe they're not going to inspire you to go be, I don't know, a revolutionary or something like that. But they want to they give you the sense that we're here to have a good time. And having a good time is all about some good old rock and roll. And this song, to me is one of the epitomes of good time rock and roll that's that i mean what more could i possibly say about it kevin what were your thoughts on uh, ou812 in uh, this track yeah ou812 is a i i love that album i've got that one on vinyl it's one of the first ones i bought on vinyl um van Halen were a huge band in my sort of formative years and one of my best friends who sadly passed away in 2017 um got me into tons of bands including van halen and 5150 or were the first albums that i listened to and i'm i'm a hard hard right sammy hagar fan over don't hate dave lee roth and again i'm not gonna <laughs> risk the ire of the uh the fans but sammy to me is that's my guy that's when i started listening to van halen that's what van halen sounds like so and this song, it's funny. It's funny, though, because, you know, we talk about, you know, I know you guys have talked lots about who was the better lyricist. And my argument is always, well, Dave Lee Roth wrote 90% of the songs were about his dick. And, of course, we'll respond tonight, <laughs> finish what you started. It's like, for God's sake, you're not doing me any favors, Sammy. <laughs> That's right. This, this one, uh, for the people who don't know, is is famously about uh, blue balls. Uh, Eddie came up with the riff at, like, 2 in the morning. Uh, he was living right next door to Sammy, and Sammy was trying to get it on with his, uh, with his girl. Uh, Hager let Eddie in, and they worked on it. Uh, until they had completed the song but once eddie left hager tried to go finish what he started with his lady friend and she had fallen asleep so hence the come home baby finish what you started it's probably the best song about blue balls i've ever heard i mean absolutely and i guess if you were ever to compare the two uh david lee roth and sammy hagar i guess one of the songs that's comparable to one another's uh variation on their content of how they wrote uh here you go finish what you started it's comparable 100 percent there we go. What do you say, boy? Should we give this one a spin? Absolutely. I'm ready. Here we go. Finish what you started from OU812. Here we go. One, two, one, two. 
So straight off the bat, that drum sound is phenomenal. It's so, so, so clean. I think that's when Sammy's, uh, when Alex's, sorry, when Alex's drum sounds clean like that, I always prefer it. And it's got that really sort of syncopated rhythm to it. And it straight away, it just makes your shoulders move. And it, like I said, it's a vibe. It's a groove. It's, I just think it, that sets up the whole song, that drum groove. So, so, so good. I think it's so cool that you started, you're, you can tell you're a drummer because you started out <laughs> with Alex's drum groove as opposed to guitars. Because I'm I'm trying to be a drummer, but I'm listening to the, to the guitars. We have Sammy playing acoustic, accompanying Eddie on this. And little tidbit here that I just discovered, uh, Eddie's finger picking the whole time on this song. He's not using a oh, pick. Yeah. So Mark, maybe you tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you can. Uh, there are times where you can hear. I guess when you have a more refined ear, and maybe it's a guitar player thing, but you can you can hear when it's a uh, finger picking versus uh you know just regular pick um uh, uh but i love god this this is one of my favorite guitar tones that eddie has presented to us in any of their songs um and i don't know if it's because it's uh more it's it's not clean per se but it's a, it's a lot cleaner than uh an overdrive distortion sound that uh, you're usually used to hearing eddie uh play through but I don't know. There's there, there's something about this. It's sort of reminiscent of old school rock, uh, very blues heavy inspired uh, sort of riffage. Maybe it's just because he is finger picking it. Um, but I just I love the tone. I have always loved the the guitar tone in this song. And uh, right off the bat, they hit you with it. And it's like it's not going to be your typical Van Halen song, but you're still going to have a good time. All right, Kevin, as a drummer, you got to be loving what Alex is doing there. It's a lot more straight ahead than what Alex usually gives us, isn't it? Like usually he's throwing a weird role in there, doing something maybe a little out of time, but he's just kind of straight ahead there, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, in the intro, you want to set up that groove. But then when you're getting into the, the, the bones of the song, I think Van Halen are always at the best when there's space. In the songs, that's one of you know, fifty-one, fifty-pound kick. All those songs, there's the space in there, right? They're not—he's not filling that frequency on on guitar or on drums. They're just giving that space for all those moving parts to sort of swim around. And that's you know, again, Alex. I mean, he's just a master drummer, and he can play anything. So when he's asking to sit, sit in the in the pocket and just play a little tight little groove, he's going to do it for you. I tell you, I got a great Alex story in uh, Best of Both Books. So uh, you want to stick around for that, folks? It's a lot of fun. <laughs> tell you i i maybe rag on sammy's lyrics a little too hard and some of the sammy songs we've done lyrically have been kind of dumb uh, we haven't done up for breakfast yet uh thank thankfully <laughs> but uh, he's really in the pocket here i think you know singing about sexual frustration he, he's getting that message across really clearly in that first verse there mm -hmm. it almost sounds like uh this is an all improvisational 
uh sort of like lyric it's like eddie uh play play a riff i'll like uh, i'll accompany you on acoustic and then i'm just gonna vent out whatever i got and he's not like he's venting out frustration but it works and it's like hey i like that line let's let me let's do it again and i'll i'll throw harmony on it it's like okay here we go uh that's what it kind of comes across uh but that's just the the sign that you're all in sync and you're all uh, uh coming together to m- put a product together that's going to be i mean like everybody is in simpatico uh for this particular track at least that's how it sounds yeah and vocally it's he's got that sleaze in it right he's got that mm-hmm. sort of dave lee yeah. roth he does gre- yes. grease to it you know and that's the, always the criticism that sammy's kind of this you know straight ahead rocker he doesn't he's got no role in his lyrics well man you listen to this he can he can do it you know and if you go see him live he sings Dave's song's pretty goddamn well, so no kidding. Yes, he does. <laughs> but uh, I really like you brought that up, Kevin, because we talked about Gary Sharon and how Mark uh, always says, you know, he's trying to sound like uh, like Sammy or like Dave yeah. on, on Van Halen yeah. 3, right? And you really get that. He's not trying to sound like Dave here, but he's got his own level of sleaze uh, on this that, that just works so well for a Van Halen tune. I said just, yeah, just that low register stuff. Like, it's actually really hard to sing down there. You know, when you get into your mid-range, that's easy because you're just pushing air out and then you can sustain those notes. But to sing mm. that clean and hit your tone so well, uh, the low register is a lot harder than it than people think it might be. So, And have you heard Sammy lately? Like, he still sounds, like, amazing. Like, uh, David Lee Roth just released a, a couple of new tracks here in the last few weeks. Uh, one about Van Halen, actually, which you should go to the Van Halen News Desk and check out the, the video for. Uh, you know, dude hasn't been able to sing in a long, long time, but Sammy with the circle now still belting him out and sounding sounding fantastic. All right, Mark, you like a good chorus and you like a nice Michael Anthony harmony. You got to be pretty yeah, happy dude. right now. I'm extremely happy and it's uh <laughs> the the context of the song itself about what what it's about i mean it comes through pretty pretty clearly i love that it's like finish what you started i'm incomplete like, yes, that ain't no way indeed. to treat the brokenhearted yeah, that ain't no way yeah, exactly i mean like i need some sympathy <laughs> we've all been there my dude yeah the only sympathy you're gonna get are maybe from other dudes like oh tough break yeah uh yeah. i don't know i don't know if been anybody there else is gonna get to you yeah Especially- but uh and, and we're yeah, all married or, or close to, in Mark's case, we we know we know yeah. that pain. Maybe the wife went to bed a little bit too early. Mm. I love that it, it too. You get that nice. It's got some kind of a rock and roll trope, but it's that call and response, right? So that the harmony's on the on the first yes. line and Sammy answering on the second, and it's so effective. And and again, you got the that very clean harmony, and then Sammy here now he's he's kind of getting up into that little bit that mid to upper range now, where he's kind of bringing a bit mm. more a more heat to his vocal, which again just a bit of variety in the song. It always works well. And that call and response is fantastic live, right? Like if you guys listen to live right here, right now, they do this track on there and you got that natural call and response with the audience. It's everybody loves it. It's fantastic. That's, that's the best. That's, that's what you want essentially as a musician, you you want the call and response. You want the audience to, uh, you know, participate. And that's, you got to think, I mean, that's going to probably be a decision where you come in and we've written this song and we've got this call and response and someone at some point goes, Oh, this is going to be brilliant because we can get the audience to sing that bit. You know, and especially if you do break it down and you break it down, take just have the drums on the bass, maybe and take the guitars out all together. You can do that for a good minute or two, right? If you want to do that. Yeah. So one of those really good arena performance songs. Yeah. 
He's got it so bad, it's alive and kicking inside of him. Like, Jesus. The guy's in bad shape. Look, you know, man, he just he needs a release. Just a, just a little bit of relief. <laughs> listen to If you listen to it, too, like if, the phrasing, the intonation he's using on I like to look to long and I like to take each step one by that one by one when he sings that, pure Robert mm-hmm. Plant. Oh, it's yeah. pure Robert Plant. The way he bends yeah. that vowel in, it's so freaking cool, man. And I love the when musicians pull from each other and they sort of say, well, I'm going to take that. You know, Van Halen does, I think it was um, Take Your Whiskey Home. That's just him channeling Billy Gibbons. That's his easy top. It's just, you know, that Southern Texas rock stuff. So when they when they borrow those things in and sort of paint them with their own colors, super, super cool. It, Fuck it no, I'm mad I didn't a... point that out on the Whiskey Show. I should have pointed <laughs> out that they're borrowing from ZZ yeah. Top because that was one of their big influences back in the early days. They used to do LaGrange in every show they yeah. did. It, it used to not be such a bad thing that uh, musicians were pretty open about, yeah, I borrowed this from so-and-so or like, yeah, this riff is totally derivative of that. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm a big fan. It, that didn't used to be a bad thing. Uh, these days when people do it, it's just like, oh, you're just ripping them off. And then people are like, uh, uh, no, I'm not uh, <laughs> like, yeah, you are. You're, you're ripping off. Like, it's like, it's almost taboo now. Yeah. Uh, but back in the day, it didn't used to be so bad. All you had to do is just say, like, yeah, I totally you know, I, I stole this from so-and-so because why wouldn't I? They're awesome. They're great. You love them. We all love them. Why wouldn't I borrow from it? It was okay. Uh, yeah. It's how the blues was born. And it's how rock exactly. and roll was born. It was exactly that. It was people I mean, build, yes, taking maybe, stuff and building on it, right? So, yeah, absolutely. All there, great artists no, steal. There's no Aerosmith without Led Zeppelin. Like, Correct. They, they, they cribbed so much stuff from Led Zeppelin. And look at David Lee Roth even. The, took so much from Robert Plant in his early stage uh, presence, right? Like he's yeah. Robert Plant 2.0. So come on, baby, come on, baby, baby, oh, uh, no oh, I want to ask you, Mark, <laughs> we, we, we talk about Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen lots, and obviously Eddie Van Halen is the common denominator in everything that makes Van Halen what they were, and so, so, so brilliant, backed up by some fantastic musicians, but we all know he's a shredder, we all know he sort of pioneered the use of finger tapping, but as a rhythm guitarist, listen to what he's playing in this song, he's, that's a lead line, really, but he's playing yeah. this incredible rhythm section, and his timing, his meter is insane. It's absolutely insane how good he is and so sticking on beat. Like, it's almost like you could take your time off him instead of the drums. He's that good. Yeah, well, it helps when uh, the other guy that you tend to jam with probably most, if not all of your life, is your brother and he's your drummer. And <laughs> your, 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 your brother drummer also happens to be, like, very, very solid in his rhythm. Uh, it, that helps. But it also helps when you're Eddie Van Halen and you're just a musical genius as it is. So he probably, even if Alex weren't his drummer, I, I just, I have to assume Eddie would still have pretty good rhythm himself. Um, maybe he wouldn't lean into it uh, so hard because he's a lead player. We all know that because yeah. that's, <laughs> that's what composers have to be. Uh, but, uh, but you're right. Yeah. This is, this is more like, it's most certainly the rhythm section, but he's playing it as the lead. Um, but I mean, if you're a blues player, you're playing blues guitar, and it's just you and a microphone. You're playing guitar. Like you you kind of have to do both. 
And uh, I feel like there's a there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that early Clapton influence in Eddie uh, showcasing within this track in particular. I mean, and he does it throughout their discography, but definitely here you hear it. Uh, you're absolutely right. Um, but it certain, like I said, it doesn't hurt that <laughs> the other guy he jams with all the time is his brother, who's a drummer. So rhythm is everything. I was gonna say he's playing a lot. It's quite an that's quite a, an intricate, involved rhythm section, but it's also super cool. Like I said, when you when you put the space in the song, and that's why Alex doesn't need to play so much, is because you can't get everything too swampy and too overwhelmed. So you've got you know Sammy singing this great lyric, and Eddie's laying down this crazy groove. So everyone else just has to sit back and let that happen, right? Don't jump in and don't sort of don't mix it up and muddle it up. So yeah. Well, and I wanted to ask you guys, because uh, Sammy Hagar is in there playing a little rhythm, too, just kind of adding some color uh, here and there. Sure. What, what do you think of his contributions uh, on the guitar to the song? I don't I don't see why you don't have him do that, because, I mean, Sammy was known for being a guitar player slash lead vocalist before he joined. So it, it would make no sense to me anyway, just as a uh, as a fan of the bands and of his and as a musician, it, it would make no mis no sense to me why they wouldn't at least on occasion incorporate more of his guitar playing to it, even just for, uh, you know, extra rhythm, because as we say, Eddie's a lead guy. He doesn't want to have to uh, worry about rhythm most of the time, even though subconsciously he already does because it's him and Alex running the show. But as we know, Eddie likes to take the reins sometimes and, more of the rhythm section by playing bass when they don't want Michael playing on the record, which baffles me, but <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so yeah, yeah. You bring in Sammy Hagar. Why would you not? Why would you not have him play a little bit? Would it shock you to hear he's only played on two Van Halen tracks? Yes, that would shock me. And that's, that's disappointing. Doesn't shock me so much because in the studio, you know, as much as like, I totally agree with what you're saying, Mark, but you've got Eddie. <laughs> Let Eddie play I mean, in. yeah, it's true. But I mean, just if you want just a little bit extra, you know, it's just like Eddie could do, uh, he could record the rhythm himself and then just go back and do the leads on top of it because we can do that. But I don't know. Sammy's a competent guitar player and, and a vocalist. So let him play once in a while. Two songs. That is to me, I don't know. That, that does seem kind of shocking, but eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> Do you think? Do you think there was any part of that was the decision to bring Sammy in? Do you think because he could play guitar to a level that was you know acceptable Van Halen, so it changes the live show, right? Because I don't think Dave ever played on stage, did he? No, he play guitar. not right, on so, stage. No. So that that changes that. I mean, that frees Eddie up to be able to. It's, it maybe opens up the catalog a bit where they can play some of those things where there is a bit more of a you know an involved rhythm section and lead going on at the same time. So that means that you can sort of fill the sound out and play these songs a little bit closer to the way you wanted to do. Because really, you know, with Dave Lee Roth, it's a three-piece with a singer. You know, and now it's a, now it's a, now it's a true four-piece, right? So, yeah, I wish they would have done that on Pound Cake though when they did that live. Because you listen to live right here, right now, Man. in an Eddie solo section, right on the album. You know, he, he's playing that main riff underneath as the rhythm while he's soloing over mm -hmm. top. Live, yeah. we just have Mikey just kind of hammering those notes that underneath, yeah. and it just doesn't deliver that punch that it did. But yeah. we're not talking Pound Cake. We're we're talking. We're talking blue balls. <laughs> we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Let's get to it before I explode. <laughs> Baby, come on. Come on, baby. You say yeah. Baby, come on. Baby, 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 baby,
Okay, Mark, I got to ask you about this because I'm reading this in the Van Halen Encyclopedia, and they yes. say during the solo, Eddie's using uh, a technique uh, never previously heard from Eddie called chicken picking, chicken which picking. is a bluegrass and country music staple. Tell us a little bit about chicken picking. Well, I I can't tell you completely um, the ins and outs of it just because I am not a chicken picking type of player. But I can tell you it's more profound in, uh, like you say, bluegrass country and uh, blues players. Um, it's just it's basically just a method style of picking your guitar strings. Um, and again, if I were more acclimated into it, I could probably describe it in greater detail. But uh, unfortunately, I cannot. I will um, let the people of the Twitterverse, you guitar players out there that are obviously way more uh, in your expertise on these things, uh, can correct me, but uh, it is it is a style of guitar playing uh, on how to uh, pick the strings a particular way uh, that you hear m most predominantly in country bluegrass and like blues music. It sounds like it's up plucked as well, doesn't it? It sounds like it's more up than down, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's snapping on and then palm muted probably to get that sort of slightly palm muted just to get that sort of snapped off really staccato tone. I think yeah, that's thank you. Uh, I think that's probably the extent of chicken picking. It's just it's very staccato, so it's just like dirk, 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 dirk. yeah, yeah, with the with the picking upward motion, uh, like Kevin said. So yeah, there you go. Um, and again, fact check me out there, everybody. Uh, I'm not a, a pristine chicken picker. Um, I could go outside to Nashville and be like, hey, somebody come here and describe this to me, uh, and somebody will answer. But uh, that's I think uh, yeah, Kevin, I think you nailed it. Um, basically what the ins and outs of chicken picking are and i'm not a guitarist so i might be way off too but it's got that real i love because it's got that sort of 50s sort of chet atkins carl perkin you know what i mean it's got that feel to it and it comes out of nowhere because you know you start with that sort of bluesy kind of thing and then you've got that mm -hmm. you know pretty steady riff and then you go, all of a sudden out of nowhere comes this country bluegrass thing it's incredible but but yeah but it works it, yeah it, it still works based on just the the vibe of how the song is structured um, so it's not, this is a solo that is not taken away, uh, the aspects of how the song is uh, formed whatsoever, which Eddie has been, we have recently discovered, uh, Eddie has been bad about that sometimes he, where he can just go off and yeah. just keep going off. And, uh, the next thing you know, uh, Corey likes to use the example of the solos in, uh, the living color song cult of personality where it's just there's too many notes. There's too many notes in those solos. Yep. They're unnecessary. Um, and I would agree. My only difference is my my only differing opinion is, is like, yeah, but I like all those notes in that song. I do too. I do too. <laughs> yeah. But uh but the but yeah, but I understand what he means. And uh we like I said, we came across that in a recent song that we covered. Uh, I'm blanking on which one it is, but I said to Corey, yeah, I think this is the one. This is the one where Eddie's playing too many notes and it just, this solo does not service the song. So that's, he's doing too much. Um, in this particular instance, I don't think so. He's doing something a little different, but yet it blends so well. It blends so well to it. It just, it's quite the masterwork. Well, I tell you, I'm glad the uh, chicken picking was solely on the guitar because if there was a chicken in the studio, I'd be a little worried what Sammy was going to do to it because he sounded really <laughs> fucking desperate. <laughs> with with those last few baby babies, he, he's about ready to fuck anything that moves. But Sammy's How at this point. dare you? How dare you sully Sammy's good name, insisting that he might take a run at a chicken because he's suffering <laughs> blue balls so bad. 
when it gets bad enough, you turn into a trisexual where you'll try anything, <laughs> mud, chickens, whatever is fucking near, you'll try anything. Oh. And I think that's where Sammy's at here. We might be on something here. He called his he called his next band chicken foot. Are we onto something uh, here? Is hey, this is this hey. a conspiracy theory now? <laughs> God damn it. It's canon. You heard it here. Uh, Mark agreed. Okay. That's right. We're experts. It's canon now. That's right. <laughs> most pathetic please i think i've ever heard it as <laughs> I, I didn't mean to pain. stop it so soon <laughs> the man is like in pain Just physical like, pain at this please, please. He, he got through like the big help. baby babies and yeah there's please uh <laughs> where's that chicken Right, as a drummer, I know, and you're sitting here air drumming, Kevin, but that, that, that transition, right? He's doing that kind of offbeat and then the little roll into the straight beat again. That's that's phenomenal shit. It's so good, man. Like when you sit down and try and play Alex's stuff, it's even to get like something as, as simple as jump or, you know, what sounds simple on this, getting those accents right, it's so freaking tough, man. Like he's doing a lot of work there that he, it just, because he makes it sound like effortless, right? Yeah. But again, that syncopated offbeat stuff is, I love that stuff. And he's throwing it back in and then comes in dead on the one, straight into the back, into the, into straight times. Like, ah, man, kill for those chops. <laughs> If I've got one slight criticism about this song, I think you could fade it out here. I think it could have, it, it, they drag it just a little bit further than maybe it needs to be. And sometimes that's, you know, the bands do that. Sometimes you think, well, why have we got a two minute outro when you're really just kind of looping through the same thing and not doing too much difference? So anyway. And possibly so, but maybe metaphorically, how this song ends is kind of how Sammy ends, right? He's given up at this point <laughs> and just baby, come on, bang, done. All right, yeah. I can go to bed now. Maybe there was something <laughs> to it there. Could be. Could be. this one fades out i thought it ended just baby come on was that maybe a, an edit on a greatest hits that i'm thinking of or? could be i thought it i was thought i was pretty sure it faded out but then i started second guessing myself because you said that so yeah that oh, yeah. always fades out all right ou812 finish what you started I mean, this, like I said, this is one of my uh, top tier Van Halen songs. So, you know, not to show my hand too quickly in the voting process, but I mean, it's good vibes. It's a good time. Um, the content is silly. 
but I mean, but it's relatable, especially if you know you're a particular individual. Uh, so yeah, like what's what's not to like, honestly? And it's just it's musically so different. That's what I always what I like about Van Halen is they've you know they can do the straight up rock, they can do the four to the floor thrashing ahead, but every now and again they'll throw something like this in where it just changes the it's a palate cleanser, mid on palate cleanser. It just it throws you for a loop, and it's like they've never done anything like this. And I love those songs, Women and Children First. You know the. Um, could this be magic? It's the same off, off that album. It's that same thing. We think, well, this is different. I really, really like this. You don't, it doesn't all have to be just chugga chugga. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, mm -hmm. I absolutely love this song. I always have done. Yeah. Is this maybe uh, the most eclectic uh, Van Hagar album? Like, you got some heavier tracks like uh, Source of Infection, uh, Mine All Mine. You got, of course, the big ballad, When It's Love. Cabo Wobble has kind of a different feel to it. And then you got just kind of a nice little basic groove on this one. You know, they, they kind of go different places on this record. People might say this is their softest album, but I think I tend to agree with you. I think this is their most dynamic one. Yeah, especially dynamic with Sammy in particular. Yes, I would agree. Yeah, me too. I but yeah, it's very diverse, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, but the biggest question is, and uh, we're gonna start with Corey. Corey. Oh, no. Now we know we we know what the song is about. We know uh, uh, your feelings on OU812. But the question is: Is finish what you started? What dreams are made of? Special dreams, happy dreams, or is this is this just going to be a sad uh, dream is over for you? Obviously, this is what dreams are made of. This is maybe uh, overall my least favorite uh, Sammy Hager Van Halen album, which means it's still one of my favorite records of all time. I still really love this record. Uh, you know, the, the song preceding this, I wasn't a big fan of, Feel So Good. We did that on this show. It was just kind of, I, I don't think actually any of us recommended it, actually. But they, they really kind of pick it back up with Finish What You Started uh, on side two of OU812. Uh, love this record. There's some really great shit on here. Cabo Wabo is a real standout. Of course, uh, if you're looking for the best power ballads in Van Halen history, you're probably looking at When It's Love from this record. But Finish What You Started has always been a standout for me in uh, 88. Uh, OU812 never left my cassette deck. And I, I was playing side two over and over again for this song. This is absolutely what dreams are made of. All right. Well, there you go. And uh, Kevin, you are our guest for this week's show was finished what you started what dreams are made of for you or is the dream just over yeah i mean it's it's just fun right and i think that van halen at their best are and rock and roll should be fun sometimes that's why i don't really listen to a lot of death metal and speed metal it's just a bit i'm not that angry dude like i'm middle class <laughs> middle-aged white straight like I, what am i gonna come what am i got to be angry about so have some fun out there you know when you and it didn't when they when i saw them live they didn't do this one and it's one of the ones that i would have loved to have seen live so great song great great song all right mark that just leaves you are, are you gonna make it three for three uh it's hard to get a read on you. I, I was kind of watching your face as we we're doing this one, and I, I think it could go either way. God damn it, baby. No, I ain't lying to you. I'm only going to tell you one time. Ah, yeah. 
Should have just let David be my review uh, after that. <laughs> Should have just left it at that. Yeah, that would have been great. Um, well, I am an angry dude, and I love me some. Thank you. I love me some speed and death metal for sure. However, I like to vibe and I like to chill as well. And uh, as I've said, and I reiterate everything Corey and Kevin have said about this song, uh, this is just this is just a good time. It's fun. This is a good chill yet uh, just a good vibe song good rocking song even if van halen didn't do it i would still be into this song just because it just it just feels so good it's just a good time it's one of those songs that you can just kick a uh, uh kick on at any time doing any activity i'll tell you this if i walk into a bar and i hear this song playing on the jukebox rest assured i'm at least staying for two drinks minimum two you know, not just one, two. I mean, like it could be the diviest dive, and I've been in some dives before. But if I hear this song when I walk in, like, well, I'm not gonna leave while this song is playing. I'm at least having two beers. So here we go. Um, yeah, this is uh I, I love this song. Um, I love that it's Sammy era. Uh, you can say what you want about his uh his lyrical content, uh, but you can't deny the man's uh, vocal ability, and you can't deny that sometimes when the band just comes together and uh, formulate something pretty great, you got to acknowledge, you, you can't say that it's not. And to me, finish what you started is one of those times where they got together and, and everything just worked. Everything works in this song. I love it. It's not their heaviest. It's not their most powerful, but it is just a good rocking tune. And it happens to be from one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. And there you go. Yes, finish what you started is what dreams are made of. Happy dreams. Bust out the happy tissues because that's what it's all about. I would also throw in, Mark, and I don't know, you probably will agree with this. It's one of the very, very few Sammy era songs that Dave Lee Roth might have actually just about been able to sing. <laughs> oh, Dave. Yes, Diamond Dave could absolutely do this song. This yeah. one. Not many of this um, not, not many, many of the others, other Sammy no. tunes. <laughs> yeah, this one you know he could do. And I, I'm a Dave guy. I agree 100%. <laughs> <laughs> That's, th th these are just the facts. I I would be uh, uh, I would be very shocked if Dave himself didn't even admit it. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, that one I could do. Not the other ones. I don't want to do the other ones. Can't or won't. When it's funny Take to like listen to the pod, listen to this podcast again. I said at the at the top, it, it's sort of thrown me back into listening to Van Halen and and listening back to Dave Lee Roth more. Because, you know, it's mm -hmm. like I don't listen to Dave Lee Roth a lot more. And I've got much more of an appreciation for him now. But, you know, the, the argument about who's the better lyricist, I mean, they're both writing party songs. I mean, I think that Sammy tackled a few more deep subjects or tried to take lyrics in a different direction than than Dave did. But but either or, I mean, that, lyrically, they're not, you know, I don't think they're a million miles apart. But vocally, I don't know, dude, like the scream <laughs> at the end of, 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 of Pound Cake, I mean... There's not many other singers. Never mind Dave Lee Roth. There's not many rock singers in it that note. But I was looking at that whole album. I'm just going to album. For Unlawful, man. Oh, man. He can't touch anything from For Unlawful vocally. I just wanted to give you some ammo, though, Mark, because in the discussion between Sammy and Dave Lee Roth, I was looking. No number one album with Dave. All four with Sammy went to number one. Oh, so, I'm aware. You know. I'm very aware. <laughs> so, That's yeah. like when if, oh. if you go back to those to those early shows when I keep you know mentioning uh, it's like I'm pretty sure commercially uh, you know Sammy stands apart and everything and people just attacked me. It's like yeah. get your facts straight, dun, dun. <laughs> like yeah, okay, well I did, but you you keep at it. It's fine. 
Um, no, people are the the Diamond Dave hards are are diehards, and uh, and that's and that's fine. I I'm and I'm not against Diamond Dave. I need to reiterate this every okay. single week. Yeah, I, I I gotta point this out. We do this every time. When you're talking about record sales, David Lee yes. Roth 57 million worldwide. Sammy Hagar wow. 27. Yeah. So and, 30 million dollar uh, well, difference. However, I mean, a lot of yeah. those sales of the first six came after Sammy Hagar hit big with Van Halen uh, in the 80s. So. See, yeah, okay. So the debate rages on. <laughs> well, it, what that says to me is that the the greatest flavor in the world, and I can attest to this, the greatest flavor in life is spite. And I feel like so many people went back and bought those 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 Roth era records after Sammy out of spite. Like, there's no way we're not gonna we're not gonna let uh, Sammy Hagar be the the be all end all of vocalists of Van Halen. Not while I'm around here. I'll take twelve copies of of <laughs> Women and Children first, please. Well, and that's the one that didn't sell, right? It, I think it barely crawled to like a million. Know, but once, <laughs> well, once Sammy irony. hit it big in the 80s, everybody went back and bought the back catalog. Women and Children yeah. and Diver Down are yeah. now at like, you know, 4 million each. But they weren't even close to that uh, in the 70s and early 80s. When you guys are having this conversation, you know, about the, the you know, and then I, of course it's Van Halen, so you love it all. But a lot of comments that I've heard when I'm talking, especially guitarists, is that they feel that Eddie went soft. When Sammy came, because obviously they went to a, a bit of a broader appeal, but man, like fifty-one fifty, there's some of the best riffs you ever wrote on that album. Summer yep. Nights and fifty-one fifty alone are two of the, I think, two of the standout riffs that Eddie Van Halen ever wrote. Brilliant, brilliant guitar songs. They just happen to have Sammy Hagar singing on them and not Dave Lee Roth. So I don't know. Do you, when you talk to people, do you get that divide where it tends to be musicians tend to prefer Dave Lee Roth here just because there's this sense that that's when Eddie was, you know, authentically Eddie or? Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, of course, you know, starting 5150, that's when the keyboards came in a little more prominently, right? It's the same fans that yeah, hate yeah. jump, you know, their only number one hit, but yeah. they'll, you know, they'll, they'll sit there and cross their arms in concert when they started playing jump. I fucking hate this song. It, it's the same guys who like hate Metallica every, after, you know, everything after, uh, and justice for all, you know, all that's dog shit. Metallica died after Unjustice for all. No, <laughs> there's good shit all over. Just open your mind to it. And, uh, you mentioned 5150 being a, gr a great guitar album. Best of Both Worlds is a fantastic fucking guitar song, too. Yeah. Uh, I'll throw that up there, too. That whole record. Oh, yes. It's amazing great rocking record. tracks. 100%. I think it just depends on the musician that you talk to. I feel like, uh, and maybe I'm just speaking as a biased vocalist, but uh, I feel like if you talk to a lot of people who are in tune in uh, the vocalist era, even they will lean way more towards uh, Sammy just in terms of technique. Yep. Um, but, but again, and we keep talking about it every single time, as far as charisma and front man goes, Diamond Dave's got him every time. And I, I will never debate that. My debate is simply better singer, you know, yep. in the oh, form, the action of singing. It's most, not it a debate. most definitely same here. Yeah, yeah, it is most is certainly same here. And people don't seem to understand when I'm trying to make that distinction. They're like, when I say singer, they just think I mean all around of, yeah. of every aspect. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the form of singing. Sammy Hagar yeah. is, you know yeah. Yeah, listen to the Tokyo Dome live album. It's fucking painful. Listen to yeah. how Dave sings Panama on that album. Oh. It's painful. And like, he yeah. was good in his time because he kind of mm. knew his wheelhouse and, and, and stuff like that. But, oh, lately? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and and my thing is, uh, and I can only speak for me personally, but a live show can make or break a band for me. 
uh i don't care how big of a fan i am if i hear a band live and they are not good from where from you know what they sound like on the record then i might be done with them yeah. i might be absolutely mm -hmm. done with them or if it's a band that i don't particularly care for on record but i go see them live like all right let me hear what they sound like live it's gonna be a nightmare and they actually sound good hey you got a new fan how about that like these these things happen and these things matter and unfortunately uh you compare the two you can say what you want about record sales but when live show comes into play dave just dave just can't hang you know and he yeah. couldn't hang for a long time and as Corey mentioned sammy is still hanging sammy has been hanging for years and he's yeah. still doing it it's just a natural right i mean when i saw him live yeah. in i saw him live in 2004 that's what 18 years ago now so i think sammy would have been well christ old you know like 850 years old or some some shit oh so he was, <laughs> i don't know he was an old he was an old guy like i think and he just had like his fifth well 74 now holy crap yeah, yeah. so he, that go. would have yeah. been so yeah he would have been 56 56 something like that and he came out and he's it's still literally the best vocal performance i've ever seen and i've seen like i saw you two and you know obviously not a hard rocker but you two bono as just as a vocalist is yeah unbelievably good and i saw adam yes. lambert with queen and he's unbelievably good sammy hagar was that level he's just so fucking consistent in his in his delivery in the way he sings and also by the way not a bad front man you know so not at all no <laughs> oh yeah i i agree too you know it's like i mean that's but that's just the the endless debate that will always go down even amongst the uh uh, the casual fans of Van Halen, but not to mention the hardcore fans. Yeah. Uh, it's always the camp. It's, it is most certainly always going to be a Hagar versus Roth camp. And then we just choose not to acknowledge Gary Sharon's album because, <laughs> well, we just don't. Uh, apologies there's good to Gary, stuff on that album. There's good stuff. There's, well, there's, there's the one, there's the one song so far that we've reviewed that I was just like, okay, that wasn't so bad fine just the one uh but uh, yeah I'm, I'm hoping whatever's left might change my mind but i'm not counting on it uh again apologies to gary sharon but hey you guys were awesome in that queen tribute show i just have to point that out because i watched yeah, that I, concert it was great I, I played that for mark after last week's recording i said you want to see gary sharon at the height of his powers the queen medley from the freddie mercury tribute concert amazing extreme it's at amazing. their best yep. can you imagine so the balls to go on a queen tribute show and then do a Queen fucking medley on the same bill with Queen and Robert Plant and James Hetfield yep. and David Bowie and Elton John and Axl Rose. Like the, the stones on those fucking guys. And they pulled it off. Mm. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and it's not good. Did not to, say, just one quick one. Did not to beat the dog to the Van Halen three dog to death, but Gary Sharon <laughs> is not for me. Gary Sharon is not the problem with that album at all. Yeah, he's, he's the least of the problems that I have with that album, just sonically and in terms of songwriting and, and riffs and everything else. He's, he's the the least of my worries on that album. But well, he, he didn't have he didn't have much to do in that album. That was no. mostly yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't we yeah we certainly don't blame Gary whatsoever for the turnout of how the record was. I, I don't blame him. Unfortunately, his contributions just didn't help, and yeah, uh, <laughs> it just you know. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, like we've talked about it. He. He didn't have a lot of time to really uh, assert himself as, okay, this is me. This is my vocal style. I'm in this band. They should have done a tour together beforehand. We've talked about that and like the, the, the results show, but we're not talking about Van Halen three yet. We, we were not, uh, it's fine. We, we were discussing finish what you started, which is one of my all time favorite Van Halen songs. I'm so glad we spun that. Uh, this was so good talking about it. I love listening to this song. 
I love vibing and I love vibing with good people talking about the uh, the glory that is Van Halen tunes. And it's always good to do that when we have like minded individual uh, guests like Kevin Brown from the uh, from the Tom Petty. Show. Oh, my God, I'm just I'm blanking on the name. I'm sorry, please. <laughs> you know what, Kevin, as a sign off, please let the people know what you got going on. Let them know about the Tom Petty pro- uh, podcast. Yeah, so Tom Petty Project um, is a song-by-song, album-by-album review. I'm not doing it in random order. I am doing it in uh, album and tracklist order. Um, I get guests on um, usually mid-season and end-of-season. I've got a really good episode going out tomorrow with an interview with a young lady named Janet Lavelle. I've got an interview with um, uh, Jeff Slate, who's a writer for Esquire and Rolling Stone and the New York Times and all those places. So get in touch with people who who knew Tom or sort of spent some time or have a relationship with his music. And you can find me on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram. So if you're into Tom Petty, check it out. And when you get the wildflowers, please uh, consider, consider myself and Mark for maybe coming on the show because that's one of my favorite albums of all time. Oh, I, I, I would love to that. talk about, you know, Honey Bee or Cabin Down Below or, or, you know, any of those classic songs. But Mark, we're not done. If you remember, at the beginning that's of the right. show, I said, we got to play a little uh, best of both books. All right. So if you boys are ready, I went through both autobiographies of Sammy Hagar and David Lee Roth and I picked out some choice quotes. You got to tell me in what book this quote came from. Are you guys ready? Oh, yes. All right, here we go. The first quote. I fucked everything that walked. I had my own little tent underneath the stage. Eddie had his tent. Al had one. Mike had one. Mike and Al were on one side. Eddie and I were on the other side because Eddie was a dirty dog like me. What book did that come from? Mark, let's start with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that is that is such a that's such a Roth quote to me. That is such a Roth quote. I have to say, I gotta. And if I'm wrong, then awesome. But that sounds very much like David Lee Roth. Okay, David Lee Roth. Uh, Kevin, what's your vote? I think it's Sammy. I think I've heard it before, and I think it's Sammy. I don't know why, but that's just as soon as you started. Even as soon as you started the quote, I think I'm sure I've heard this story. So that's I'm going with Sammy now. I might be wrong too, but you're going with Sammy. All right. Well, yeah. I can tell you right now, you're right. That came from Red by Sammy Hagar. <laughs> Kevin's up <laughs> one to nothing on that one. That's amazing. All right. <laughs> okay. Our next quote is I bet you I could shotgun 10 beers, Al said. He's got 10 tulls of malt liquor. I bet you a thousand bucks, he said. Al's a betting man. One time he lost his BMW to me on a bet. Which book did that quote come from? Let's start with Kevin on this one. Ooh, that one's tougher. Uh, that one feels more Dave Lee Roth, just the way it's written to me. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go Diamond Dave on that one. Diamond Dave. Okay, Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I'm also going Diamond Dave on that one. You're both wrong. Both came from Red oh, by Sammy Hagar. Oh, wow. Man. And, and, and this Part, is actually, you know what? I gotta stop like, distrusting my instincts because it's like maybe that one was Sammy. <laughs> and you know what? And, and this is the story because after he shotgunned those ten tulls of malt liquor, he he tried to catch uh, a stick. He tried doing a flip on his driveway. He, he landed face first on the driveway. They had to call the ambulance. And and Sammy says in his book, the next day Alex showed up at the studio and he was like wrapped up like a mummy because his 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 <laughs> face looked like fucking road pizza. From face planting on the driveway after shotgunning these beers, so what so you know, nobody gets the point there. 
What year would that yeah. have been from? I'm, I'm trying I to remember. I think that I think that was around uh, four unlawful, but uh, don't oh, quote wow. me on that. I, I just kind of flip through the book at random, and I and I kind of pick a page. So uh, here we go. Uh, the next quote: When I left Van Halen, it was not something I was delighted to do. I was not celebrating. I was not relieved. I perceived that Van Halen was heading towards catastrophe. What book did that come from? Let's go with Mark. I feel like, uh, so, oh, see, that's a good one because that's that could be either one. We just had two Sammies in a row, <laughs> so I feel like I, I feel like to to throw us off, you might you might want to give us uh, uh, another Sammy quote, or uh, you're giving him a break. Uh, this one, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, Diamond Dave. Okay, Diamond Dave for Mark. Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, and see, if I just employ a little bit of game theory here, what I really should do is go Diamond Dave as well, because then I, I can't I can't lose any footing on, you know, it's going to be 2-1 or 1-0 one, <laughs> one still, so... But I I actually... Ah, oh, man, yeah. I'll make it interesting. Let's go, Sammy. Let's go. Let's say you're giving us three in a row. I'll go, Sammy. We're all tied up. Mark Meyer is right. <laughs> that came right, from Crazy yeah. from the Heat by David Lee Roth. So we're tied 1-1. One, one. All right, our next quote... Even though the tour was big, the Van Halen brothers were still working that attitude on me that I wasn't doing enough. If you could sing five nights a week, think on how much money we'd make, they said. If you can't sing, just dance, they'd say. What book did that come from? Kevin. Well, I just, I can't see them telling Sammy to just dance. You know what I mean? Like, Dave's got the stage presence and he's his high kicks and everything else, so I... I gotta go Dave on that one. I think I gotta go Dave on that one. Yeah. Okay, we got one for Dave Lee Roth. Mark, what are you thinking? Yeah, I also think that one's Dave, just because yeah, if they had told Sammy to do that, Sammy might have just said, like, I'm not fucking dancing. Like, what, yeah. what am I gonna do here? You know, whereas Dave would be like, I mean, okay, I'm a I'm a dance. Uh <laughs> so yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna assume this one's uh, also David Lee Roth. You're both wrong. That came from oh, Red no. by Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right. I need to read Surprising. this book. I'm glad I made this harder for you guys here. Okay. You did. You did. <laughs> our, our next quote. We worked on the next Van Halen record. There were constant delays and screaming. It sounded like a sack of sick cats. <laughs> what book did that come from? Mark Meyer. <laughs> Based on the vocabulary, once again, I'm going to say this one's David Lee Roth. <laughs> it's been my guess right. every time. Kevin? Yeah, I think it's Diamond Dave, and I think I would be willing to further guess that he might be talking about Darby Down. I don't know why, but that just... <laughs> you know what? It is David Lee Roth, but he was talking about uh, sessions in 1985 before he actually left the band. They oh, were actually really? working on wow. some stuff early 85, apparently. Uh, before he left Jesus. so that was right around that era but you're both right interesting david lee ross so we're all tied up at two all right let's try this quote here my personal record is five chicks at once in nashville in a moment of inspiration i ran off to my room with two and i said i want to be with both of you and they sat bolt upright and said but we're sisters kevin what book is that from oh jesus um well, again, both prolific shaggers, so I, I guess it's really difficult to choose between. Um, yeah, I'm stuck in Mark's conundrum here. Are you going to throw us three days in a row, or are you going to switch it up again? I'm, you know what? 
I'm going to go opposite to what I think Mark's going to say. Just again, just to make an issue. I think Sammy. I'll say Sammy. Okay. One vote for you. Sammy Hager's autobiography read. Mark, what are you thinking? I feel like you chose this one on purpose because I'm the Nashville guy. <laughs> Maybe. And, uh, Maybe. And I appreciate you for it. Um, I actually think this one is also Sammy Hagar. Oh <laughs> and you're yeah. both wrong. Both are David Lee Roth. <laughs> of course. Of course it's David. In Nashville, of course. Of course it's David Lee Roth. What are, what are we Damn thinking? It. What were we thinking? I don't know. Like, yeah, this is what I get for straying away. <laughs> All right, here's one for you. I feel like I should have known that story, though. That's all I'm mad at myself for not knowing. <laughs> In that same vein, during Eddie's guitar solo, which is always about 20 minutes, I'd have five or six girls backstage, naked, all of us having brutal sex while Eddie was out there doing his thing. When I went back out, I had to stuff my heart on back in those tight pants. Mark Kameyer, what book did that come from? David Lee Roth. Well, you'd even because, like because I don't know. I don't think I don't know. I've ever seen Sammy in like overly tight pants, but David <laughs> Lee Roth was always in tight pants. So, yeah. Good point. Okay, so that's one vote for David Lee Roth. Kevin, what are you thinking? I think again, it's like the first question. I think I've heard this before, and I think it's Sammy. I think I've, and I think it's roughly around about the same type of. He's talking about the same thing as that first question. I think it's Sammy Hagar. You're right. It's Sammy Hagar. You're wow, up three man. to two. What is it? I, I got a few quotes left. Let, let's try another one here. Uh, boy, this one's interesting. Uh, and I quote, I'm going to tie you up, put you in the trunk of your car. We're going to call your kid and make a few dollars. Anything goes wrong, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> Kevin Brown, what book is that quote from? Jesus. I'd love to know the context of that. And I'm going to find out after this podcast, but um, <laughs> I think Diamond Dave was maybe a little less together than Sammy, so I'll go. I'll go Dave. Okay, Mark. Well, Dave is straight up insane, so I have to imagine <laughs> this was this was Dave. Yeah, like I'm not going to branch off again. I'm going Dave again. You're both right. Both are David Lee Roth, and it was actually um, something happened. I did read the whole passage. But it was his dad that that was taken or told to. So somebody was threatening wow. to kidnap David Lee Roth. Wow. And, and they threatened, uh, you know, his dad uh, with that. So, oh, Jesus. Yeah, got to read this book. It's fucking wild. Yeah, apparently okay. so, yeah. <laughs> All right, our next quote. I can't sing, I said. I promise you, Van Halen will come back and do a free concert for Dallas. We cut the show short, and the brothers went nuclear on me afterward. They crucified me for it. It was three years before we made good. Mark Kameyer, which book is that from? I think that is Sammy Hagar's. Okay. One vote yeah. for Sammy, Kevin? I think it is too. I think it is too. Yeah. I don't think it because I don't think Dave would have would have would have handled that quite as um um courteously as 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 worded in the book there. So I'm yeah, I'm gonna go Sammy. And you're both right. That both came from Sammy Hagar's book. So the curtain standings are cut. Uh, Kevin four, Mark three. I got one more quote left. Mark, you need this to tie. Uh, Kevin, right. uh, it, you know, it, even if you guys both get it wrong, you're going to walk away uh, with the title here tonight. But our final quote of the evening is this. I woke up in the bushes about 10 o'clock the next morning. Ed and I found our way back with some people who had a Jeep. They took us back to the beach road 
From There We Walked. Kevin Brown, which book is that from? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Less, less easy. I would say just going on the beach and knowing how much Sammy loves the sand, I'll go Sammy again. Okay, one vote for Sammy. Mark? I'm going back to David Lee Roth. (laughs) (laughs) Mark Amire tied it up. Oh, that is from David Lee Roth, which means I don't have another quote. So I got to grab one of the books. (laughs) I'm going to do this. uh, I'm just going to grab a random page here. We'll see if I can find something cool. I have uh, this this image in my brain of some of our listeners who probably know (laughs) these books backwards and forwards, and they're just screaming. They are screaming at uh, their phones, their stereos, whatever they're listening to. It was like, God, you idiot. How did you not know this was obviously read the damn book? Like, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, But, uh, you know, look. Sometimes you get too busy in life and you don't have time to read. I like to use Audible sometimes. Uh, they're not a sponsor, but they should be. Audible, it's uh, it's great. People read books to you, sometimes in dramatic fashion. Sometimes there is even a uh, music accompaniment with it. I enjoy those a lot. I especially enjoy when you get a full cast of people to act out each character. Uh, please do more of that and please sponsor the show Audible. We are big <laughs> fans of your work. All right. I, I found a passage from one of the books. Uh, I'm reading this cold. I, I just kind of flipped to a page. We're going to read it out here, and you guys tell me if this came from Dave's book or Sammy's book. Here we go. All right. All right. I had to go to the bathroom. It's pitch black. In the men's room, there's a bathtub to urinate in. I position my legs against the edge of the bathtub. I'm starting to take a leak, and I hear a little voice that says, a little more to the left. So I kind of flare my elbows a little bit. I can't feel anybody next to me. There was somebody in the bathtub. First thing I thought was, do I tip this guy? What book is this from? <laughs> that is just a, just a perfect quote. <laughs> this one. Oh, man. Uh, uh, did I go first last time? I think Kevin goes first, right? You know, Kevin's the guest. You go first, Mark. Yeah, yeah, go first. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. You know what? Uh... I'm going to say that one is Sammy Hagar. Okay. Great. That's a red from Sammy Hagar. Kevin? Yeah. Well, I think it is too, but I'm gonna, I'll say Dave just because I think we should, we should have a winner. So, you know what? And, I, and again, either of them could say it because what do we got going on there? Oh, the- it was Dave. <laughs> David Lee Roth. Crazy from the heat. Kevin Brown is our champion here tonight. There our best is, of yeah. both books. You know what? I know uh, some people said they didn't like the first round we did of that game, uh, Mark, but I think tonight was pretty successful. I had a lot of fun playing. Best that one's both. pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Don't let don't let Mariano's influence. He was just <laughs> mad because like those quotes were so predictable. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Get out of here. I tried um, to make a little yeah, bit no. harder, and I'm glad I stumped you on a few, actually. So that's good. Y- you absolutely did. Like, yeah. I was pretty convinced most of those were David Le Rock <laughs> quotes, but there you go. I couldn't believe like Sammy you, had Sammy has a whole section on now, you know, same with Dave, like, you know, how he would pick chicks out of the crowd and the whole 10 thing, you know, th- that was Sammy Hagar yeah. doing five yeah. or six chicks while Eddie was doing a solo. That was all Sammy. So uh, I was kind of surprised that was in his book. 
just crazy you you rock and roll deviants it's all of you <laughs> but uh that's just uh well i mean they don't call it sex drugs and rock and roll for nothing so there it is and uh to all of you out there please sex drugs and rock and roll responsibly uh that is the best advice we could possibly give you that is uh that's the show you guys we've we've done it we've got another one in the books uh kevin brown please uh you you mentioned the show again but please tell us uh where people can find you uh when they want to find out your goings-ons yeah you can find me on twitter and Inst- uh, twitter at the tom petty project and on instagram and facebook at tom petty project um and yeah come talk to me come listen to the episodes and, and talk to me i like talking music as much as these guys do and i do like talking van halen too i do talk about other things on my on my on my feed as well because i love music generally please there please you Kevin, and, if you had a good time yeah. please come back and please when you're doing like full moon fever uh wildflowers into the great wide open please keep me in mind I'm a huge Tom Petty fan. I'd love to talk a little Tom Petty with you sometime. Done deal. Easy. He's a rebel without a clue, but he does have some socials. Corey, where can the people find you? Oh, they can find me at CD Morset on Twitter. They can find me on the this Twitter uh, handle right here at the Podcast Will Rock, www.podcastwillrock.com. Uh, Go get yourself some merch. Uh, we've been selling a lot of stickers, a lot of T-shirts. Go get yourself a hoodie. Go get yourself a phone case. Lots of good stuff on podcastwillrock.com. Uh, you can also find me on my two other podcasts with John Mariano. One is uh, Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited, where we're breaking down the entire uh, Aerosmith catalog one track at a time. And we're trying to compile the ultimate Aerosmith mixtape, uh, which is going along swimmingly. And we just started a new show, Backtracks Theme Music, where we're talking our favorite music from movies. Uh, the show that just dropped this week is on uh, Metallica, Master of Puppets from Stranger Things. So uh, go check out that show if you're a fan of Metallica or a fan of Stranger Things. And you can find me right here every week talking with Mark Meyer about the greatest rock and roll band that's ever been, Van Halen. Yeah, he's a busy man, but he's never too busy to talk some rock music. You can find me at Mark the Bat on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, like Corey said, at Podcast with Rock, that's where we are on Twitter. Uh, and be sure to tune into all of the shows on the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. Any band you can think of from yesteryear or a band that you just love that uh, is still holds true to you, guarantee you there is a show that discusses all of them. Look at us. We discuss Van Halen. We're on there. Tom Petty, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, you name it. It's there. Go check it out. Go check out all of those guys. Check out all the shows. You're going to have a good time. I assure you, if you had remotely a good time listening to Van Halen songs and discussing them with us. And I I teased one thing at the beginning of the show. I want to announce it here as part of All-Star August. Um, Uh we're We're bringing on the one and only... Greg Renoff, author of Van Halen Rising, will Woo! be here the third week of August. He's very excited to spin the wheel. I gave him his option. Do you want to pick a song? He's like, fuck no. I, I want to spin the wheel and talk about whatever comes up. So of all the great guests we have coming up in August, Greg Renoff, author of the Ted Templeman biography and Van Halen Rising, is going to be on this show in just a couple of weeks. I can't wait. That is going to be an action-packed episode, probably going to be double time. So uh, plan your day accordingly. That's uh, We're going to have so much to talk about, <laughs> I, I assure you. And then we're going to listen to a song. So be be ready for that. I am I am certainly ready for that. Um, hopefully I'll be uh, uh, COVID free at that point. Not that I'm feeling bad now, but let's just hope that that continues because this is really, really dumb staying in the house and not being able to go anywhere. Uh, but it, it is what it is. Stay safe. Stay vigilant. Stay rocking. All of you guys for Corey, myself, 
Kevin. Thank you for listening to and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later. Later.